Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nashonda Shines. Welcome to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. Yes, I am thrilled to be with you guys today. When you start doing triathlons, let's say in 2016, and you realize that you want to make impact and make change, my guest today said, hey, I got something for the industry and I'm going to shake it up and disrupt some things. And let me tell you, he and his company are doing just that. I know you're interested in knowing who I'm talking about, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but don't fret. I'm going to give you some going to give you some juice and let me see if you can figure it out. He started doing multi-sports around 215 while doing his first race in Chicago, Illinois. Captivated by athleticism, endurance, and display of ethic of participants, he decided to get involved the best way he knew how. 60 races later, he found himself embedded in the sport and cycling lifestyle like never before he could have even imagined. The love and appreciation for what athletics has brought into his life was something that he vowed to share with as many people as possible. And let me just tell you, Saj Jabot is doing just that. Yes, I have Saj Jabot with Varlo Apparel. Yes, I do. I said sports because of course you think of them as a sports company because they are a sports company. They just make us look real good, real fast, and we be stylish out there in them streets. So Saj, welcome to Try Beginner's Luck. How are you? I'm doing good, Mashonda. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for being with me today. As you can tell, I am tongue twisted and tied and it happens. And I'm going to let it stand because you know what? Mistakes are beautiful because they help us to grow. So I'm just going to keep it in there and just excited to welcome you and excited to learn more about you, your journey, and you trying beginner's luck with starting an apparel company that is booming. Okay. Y'all are making waves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. So I appreciate it. So tell me, okay, so you start doing, you go to your first triathlon in 2015, you enter the sport into 2016. This is very like new, new for you. You're not even in the game. I don't want to do it wrong map. I'm just going to say under 10 years yet. Yeah. yeah. What was it like for you when you first entered the sport? What were some of the things going through your mind? Um, it was, uh, you know, triathlon, uh, it, it's intimidating because it's, um, I remember when I first saw my first race in Chicago, uh, I remember seeing the athletes, they, out, they dove into Lake Michigan. I didn't know people could swim that fast. I didn't know that many people in the world knew how to swim. Cause I didn't grow up swimming and, um, and just seeing the athletes and just being so captivated by them. And, um, you know, my background was, I was a 400 runner. Uh, for, for those that are old school, the 440 runner. Um, and I was, I had some wheels. I was a 46 guy, 46 second guy. But I remember seeing um, individuals get off the bike and sprinting uh, at this ITU race and just being like, oh my goodness, these guys are, this is the real deal. You know, I gotta, I gotta try this out. I gotta see what's up. And um, just been in love with it ever since. Wow. So you, you were impressed with what was happening. You said you didn't grow up swimming. So 
did you have to learn how to swim or you knew enough functional or technical swim strokes to get by? But how was that swim transition? Because a lot of our viewers and listeners, they struggle with the swim. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, I, like there's nothing technical about my swim capabilities. Uh, if you if you push me into the deep end of the pool, I could I would survive and grab the hand, get back, you know, get out. But I wasn't a good swimmer. Matter of fact, um, I remember learning to swim. I was obsessed. And um, when I from my 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 condo in Philadelphia, I would walk to uh, the gym that had a pool and this this story kind of ex, ex, will express or explain just how new I was when I would swim back and forth. I didn't have I didn't have a fancy like Garmin watch or anything. I had a bag of pennies and I would keep a bag of pennies at one end of the pool and I would. Um, once I got to the other end of the pool, I would just move one penny to the other side. And that was a lap. Like I was like, oh, I did a lap. <laughs> so, so, so every, like every like two days or three days, it was literally how many pennies could I move to one side of the pool? And that's, I don't know, that was it. Um, and so eventually graduated, got to a, a nicer watch and that changed everything. And, you know, but just learned, uh, just learned a lot of learning. Okay. So here. <clears throat> We're not even talking about 1940s with these pennies. We're talking about <laughs> 2016. Whoa. I didn't know any better. I didn't know Whoa. any better. <laughs> Whoa. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> You're taking me back now. I'm like, wow, pennies. Let's talk about that. Because I, I need to, for someone who's listening, who's curious like me, they're going to be like, you got a penny. How did you swim with this penny? Was it like this no, or like, no, like, no. How I, did you I, swim with the penny? I kept the pennies all at one end of the pool. And so I would uh, swim to one end, go to the other end. And when I got to the other end where the pennies were at, I would get up and I'd move one penny to the other side. And so I never carried them with me, but it was literally, it's like bean counting because when you're swimming laps, you, you forget, you know, you're, you for, forget count and stuff like that. And that was the only way I could actually remember, like tangible, remember like how many laps I did because I just, I didn't know. I didn't know meters and yards. I didn't know any of that stuff. So it was the bag of pennies, <laughs> the bag of pennies. Yeah, that yeah. to me is the most hilarious thing ever. Yeah. And I must say it's ingenious as well because even with a Garmin watch or um, a Wahoo rival or whatever awesome watches that are out now even with those watches you still can lose count yeah, and you're not I mean, thinking about it so the yeah. pennies are you know the pennies were ingenious and I wouldn't have thought of doing that but you took me back like this is <laughs> like antiquated back like way back but yeah. that's okay and I think that's what's interesting about our stories because they matter and how we thought of to getting to the destination is just like the best way we have, and we use the resources we had. And for you, it was a bag of pennies that I'll never pennies. forget. It was a bag I will never forget. You need to put a bag of pennies in your office so that you can remember the start of your journey was a bag. Now, of we're pennies. gonna we're gonna we're gonna come up with like a, a kit one day, and we're gonna come up with like a clever name and you know an homage to the bag of pennies. That's what we're gonna. <laughs> I love yeah. it. The bag of pennies that is so. Yeah. So brilliant. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, see, I took myself out of everything because the pennies took me all the way out, but I think yeah. that's good. So you're in this journey. You realize that you love it. So 
beyond not having the fancy watch, did you have a bike? We know you're a runner and you're actually lightning yeah. fast, but yeah. biking, how was that transition for you? Um, biking was hard because, uh, you know, if you're running doesn't necessarily translate over to cycling at all. Um, and so there was a lot of nuances to learn. I remember I um, was with um, a, a group in Philly and I would go to like, um, you know, we'd do like these indoor training sessions and I had to learn about power and watts and keeping your power and watts. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. And it was just so difficult. I mean, my first, I'll never forget this, my first FTP test, I think I did like 125 watts or something. My first FTP test, it was terrible, but it was, it was started, it was new. Um, but I think, you know, again, but I think that's the beauty of like the, the sport. It's definitely the beauty of, um, like the, the athletes, the community, even like the ethos of the brand that, that we've built, it's, it's understanding that and understanding that, um, there, there, there are probably more athletes in triathlon that fit that profile where they're new. They are, um, they're probably middle of the pack. They're early adopters. They're power trainers. They're coming in. Um, there's probably more volume of athletes that fit that profile than the athletes that are hyper-driven by aerodynamics, hyper-driven by, you know, fancy watches and, um, you know, a scheduled meal prep uh, plan. Not that anything's wrong with that, but as a brand, I think we, we definitely focus on, um, that balance of, you know, making sure we're speaking to the athletes that are new, the athletes that are, uh, kind of, uh, again, middle of the pack athletes, but then also we're keeping true to some of the, you know, tested functionality of products. So, yeah, so lo loads of fun, loads of fun. Okay. I love how you segue into the brand, but before we get all the way over there, <laughs> because there is some similarities that I want to pull out about you starting in the industry and then disrupt, you know, starting in triathlons and now disrupting triathlons with the apparel brand. But I want to dig more into your athletic background. Mm. You started doing triathlons. Your, your first FTP test was 125, which you think is horrible, but that's somebody else's great. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, but I, what I really love is that your mindset around the sport. What was one of the things that you had to overcome while participating in this sport? Ah, um, I think the, the humility of like starting all over being, being new, being, being okay, getting like the chuckles, you know, like the, you know, the person that comes out of the, like the water, like, like so last that it's like, like last, like people have already left, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's okay. Um, because, you know, when you go from, you know, you're, you're, uh, I don't know, um, you're a podium D one athlete, you have school records, you have conference records, and then you go into a sport where you're brand new and you're starting completely all over again. And, um, you're, you're not the fastest, you're not the whatever there's this, uh, there's definitely some humility there. So, um, that was something that I, I definitely overcame, but overcame fast. Cause you know, you, um, like anything it's, it's okay to start all over. It's okay to, you know, start from the bottom and move on up. You started from the bottom, now you're here. Hey. 
That's how it works. That's how it works. That, those are the best. The best stories are when you start from the bottom and then you that that's where the story's built. You know, that's where Absolutely. the story and all the 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 fun times. Uh, that's where it all happens. Absolutely. And and ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you heard this, but I did. But D1 athlete with school records literally saying it's okay to start over with a new sport. So again, we're here at Tribe Beginners Luck because I love this sport. As you can see, Saj loved this sport as many, so many of our other guests love this sport. If you don't know everything, it's okay. That's yeah. why we're here. We're here to share these stories so that you know the trials and the tribulations of those who've come before you to encourage you to get out there and try no matter what level you're at, no matter what level you're at. Whether you can run really fast or you can't, whether you have to walk a race or you have to figure out a way to push yourself through a race, there's room for you in this sport. And I just want you to know whether you used to be a, a D1 athlete or a D no athlete, you belong here with triathlons and there's space and room for you. Tell us about a fun memory after you've gotten yourself acquainted with the sport. Give us a fun memory of you participating in triathlon. Um, I think a lot of my fun memories are like, they're laughable memories. They're, they're memories where I, I was like, you know, I, I, they're, they're, my fun memories are memories where I was laughing at myself. Um, you know, I remember one time I went to, uh, La Jolla and I was doing a, it was my first time doing a race on the West coast. And I remember I, I, I did everything to get ready. It was with the challenge athletes foundation. Um, they, they had this, like this big event and uh it was I, that I think that event was probably like my my best like thing period because the way we did it is um I I went and got donations people could donate to the challenge athletes foundations but like at the right before the race what I did is I took everyone's name that donated and I wrote their names on their first and last name big marker with like on a, a you know eight by eleven you know um, cardstock paper, and so throughout that weekend of the trip, because it's not just a race, there there's like CAF like uh, events, whether you're um, you know doing tennis clinics, running clinics, whatever. I would with the athletes, I would take pictures with each person that donated their their names, so they could also be there, right? And so at the end of the weekend, I put together this montage video clip. So that way, each person that donated could see like where they're, you know, they could also be there, right? They could be in the moment. But getting back to making fun of myself, one of my, um, I, I think that was probably like my, my moment where I was like, oh my God, this is everything. This is awesome. But I, I think one of my, like my moments that I laugh at myself, my first time racing on the West Coast, and I remember getting ready. I was doing all the stuff you do pre-check, uh, make sure everything is good. And then I remember hearing this noise like ar, 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 in the background. And I was like, what is that? And I was like, kept hearing, like, ar, ar, ar. I was like, what is that noise? And then finally, um, everyone's like, oh, let's get ready for the swim start. And so everyone goes and there's this cliff and there's like sea lions near the swim start. <laughs> and I don't mean like, just like, oh, like a little, like big, huge sea lions. And I was like, we're swimming with those. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. Like, no, like, you know, I get like, if, a, if like a piece of like a seaweed touches me or a log touches me, I freak out. Like I can't swim with like something that's four times my size. Like I, you know, I can't do that. And uh, luckily, uh, luckily for me, the waves had escalated 
to a point where they just ended up canceling the swim. Uh, I, I don't, I would have had like, an, I, I couldn't have, I don't know, but um, that part caught me off guard, but that's, again, it's something that I laugh myself about. Uh, you, you definitely, you can't take the sport. The sport's a sport where you can find yourself taking it so seriously because of all the dedication that it takes to have, but you almost, you also can't take it too serious. You have to sit back, you have to laugh, you have to enjoy it, make sure you're enjoying it. And that's one where I could sit back and go, oh my goodness, like, uh, <laughs> you, yeah, because if you would have saw my face, you would have definitely understood where I was at with everything. <laughs> I don't even have to see your face to understand where you were at, because I probably yeah, wouldn't yeah, have yeah. gotten in with any sea lions, Mm-mm. more or less. Well, Mm-mm. anyway, yeah, I'm having flashbacks yeah. of jellyfish, and then those little oh. things compared to sea lions, I would have been out. I would have been like, thank you. Thank you all no. for all who have given to me. I appreciate you, but um, yeah. I'm <laughs> and I remember, I remember someone was trying to calm me down because, and they were like, oh, like they don't do nothing or harmless work. Like all they do is they bark at you. Like they'll come up and they'll be like, rrr, rrr, you'll hear them barking at you. And I was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, oh, enough of the animals. Me. I'm going to move on from the animals because I'm having like moments here, yeah. but no, that is so hilarious. And uh, I love it. Um, so tell me what now is your favorite leg of the sport? My favorite leg of the sport is probably I've, I've mentally conditioned myself to love the swim. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and that's, I think that's more so of like, uh, starting off, it was like my biggest deficiency. It still is. It's not like where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm so amazing at the swim, but I've, I've mentally taught myself to enjoy it, to look forward to it. Um, even though you're, it's not what I'm great at. I'm not a uh, natural swimmer or nothing like that. But you know, it's it's fun to me. I've I've learned to enjoy it, and it's fun. And uh, um, I don't know. Though you would think it'd be the run, but by the time I'm on the run, my legs don't work. So, <laughs> <laughs> like so many of us others, the exactly. So that's that. Okay. So, what's your least favorite leg of the race? Um. I probably would say like, um, oh gosh, least favorite, probably the run, probably the run. Like, I think so, because, um, you know, I think the run, because for myself, I should be a good runner. I should, you know, it's something I should be great at, but by the time I get to the run, it's difficult because, um, depending on what event you're doing, what scale of the event you're doing, whether it's a, a sprint to a half, so much of it then becomes like about your nutrition. And, um, that's one of the things that I've still just had to, I'm still, I'm still learning nutrition. I'm still learning how to make sure I'm fueling appropriately. So by the time I'm on the run, I'm not, uh, I'm functional, I should say. So, um, I'd probably say the run. Okay. Okay. So now transitioning, you're this athlete and you notice something is different. And you decide to try beginner's luck all over again, but instead not just trying in the athletic form, but in the apparel form. Let's Mm. talk about that transition and how did you know that you wanted to start an apparel company? Yeah, specifically. uh, Yeah, um, so I've always been partial to the apparel space. Um, I've always been a fan of, like the whole, you know, I've, I've read like shoe dog, like a gazillion times up and down, left and right. 
I've been to the Nike World headquarters a handful of times, literally to be a fan, like just to go and observe and watch and look and touch and, um, you know, um, just to see the history of, you know, the, you know, the whole Bill Bowerman story, the whole, you know, Blue Ribbon story of the brand. And um, I think I never, I never actually sought out to say, hey, I'm going to create a brand. I, I don't know if that was what I sought out for, um, because I think maybe um, like like a lot of anything, if, if you start off with this grand thing, it, it may be too big to swallow, right? And too big to pursue. Um, for me, it was starting off like with just some questions and slowly getting around to, okay, hey, how would you, you know, if you did get into the sports apparel space, what sport would you get into? And I started doing the research with, triathlon and I started doing research on the market uh, I started doing research on just everything like um, I would I just I was obsessed I would go into um, um, just data analytics and just research everything I could about the global apparel market the landscape um, I even in Philadelphia I actually even um, would search like um, um, colleges of design and Drexel University, uh, I'll never forget Jacqueline Kilmartin. That was like however many years ago, but she, she invited me to come in and just literally walk around the department. And I would ask questions about fabric composition because I knew nothing about fabric composition. I knew nothing about GSM. I knew nothing about stitching um, and just learn. And so, um, so there, was, there, was, there was that, but once it started, it just, it kind of snowballed. But um, I will say, but like my background, so before even apparel and getting into this space, I wasn't in apparel before, but I, I was, um, I love, I love the idea of studying. I love the idea of understanding. Um, I studied biomedical science and chemistry in uh, college. I, I worked in the med device space and marketing product introductions, to the market space, uh, um, cross-functionality with R&D. So I've always enjoyed that part of things but i've always loved obviously the athletic space just so much more that you know it 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 stuck <laughs> uh it's definitely stuck i think that it's so cool that it did stick because now your quest for answers has now launched and propelled you into a brand that is so welcoming to all. Yep. And I think that's what I love about Varlo. But one of the things that you mentioned was you sought out going to Drexel and you learned about fabrics. You learned about the stitching, the GSM. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the fabric of the clothes that you have, because they are very nice. If I'm not mistaken, it's Italian. Hold on, let me get it right. Uh, like infused. Italian infused. Let's talk yeah. about this infusion. Yeah, 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 there's there's a few different um, fabrics. So, you know, one of the things like looking at um, this articles of clothing, like if you look at a tri-suit and you look at like the body paneling on a tri-suit, each panel has a different functionality. So the panel on a chest is different than the side panel, which is different than the back panel, is different than the arm panel. Um, because of what the functionality is for the athlete. So if you're a cyclist, 
the fabric that you're going to have on your chest is going to be different than on your back because you want to um, you want to keep the body cool. So you'll have maybe something denser um, on the chest, and then something that is uh, something that is uh, um, that can dissipate heat on the back. That's very porous on the back. So you know between like um, like European, Swiss, Italian, uh, French fabrics, there's, you know, where the quality is just going to be where it needs to be. And then if you, the GSM is just like the thickness of, uh, the fabric, but like when we look at, um, areas of the body where, you know, there's going to be a lot of movement, um, friction, such as the lower portion of the body, you know, um, higher GSM fabrics, the sublimation holds better, the colors better, it retains better. Uh, but then also it adheres to friction so much better. So it just, you know, it's a no brainer, but those are all things that you learn. Like you learn, you become a student to them and then right. you kind of take it from there. I love it. So we have this um, Italian and Swiss fabric that is crafted with French techniques. And I'll just say, I've had an opportunity to, Saj and I have talked before in the past because I was like, look, I, I want a uniform that I can wear. And as a full figure woman, there's not really many brands that can hold true to that. Like they have the sizes, but the fits are really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I won a Jersey and I put on the Jersey cause it was medium. It wasn't my right size, but the four way stretch was real. And so here I model, so I know fabric, I know quality, I, I, I know. I mean, I even know like what I like to purchase, okay? And I was wild after putting on your uh, jersey and said, this is truly the future. Like I felt good. And you know, part of when we are performing and when we're racing, we wanna feel good. Mm -hmm. We also want to look good because mm -hmm. that affects our confidence, which affects how we ultimately perform. So I just want to say kudos to you. Okay. <laughs> you know what it's, I like, I, I take this back to my, um, like back in the day, like when we would, you know, in, in pharmaceuticals or med device, you're, you know, in one company in particularly, I was the product manager, product introduction guy for, um, um, you know, thermo cooled, um, devices. And then, with this other company I was doing, um, MRI guided linear accelerators. So these are like $10 million systems to a hospital. And, you know, and that's just for the, that's just for the, the bunker of the device. But one of the rules that I would explain to reps and I would explain to our team is that when you, when you meet with customers, um, you only have one time to get it right. And the, 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 um, customer reception happens once they see your product, once they see it online, but the, the tangible side of it is so important. And I compare it to like, if you, if you get out of an Audi and you, uh, you close the door of an Audi, right. You feel the weight, um, from your hand as the door, you know, um, gives you negative pressure. Right. And then you, you hear the thump when it closes, all those little sensors tell you, Oh, this is a quality product. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same way with the product. Once you get it at, you know, to your house and you open it out of the garment bag and then you feel it and you start to touch it and then you hold it up and you look at it. There's so many things that 
just matter and where as customers or human beings, whoever you want to, however you want to state it, we just, we're picking up on all those things. So it's just so important that um, equality is right because as a new brand, you got one time, <laughs> you got, <laughs> you got one, one time, time to, one time to get it right, you know. So um, you have to make sure it's right, and it is right. And I just want to say kudos from Thank your you. generosity to how you give back to the community, the way that it fits, the way it feels. You've thought about all of the details, and that's what matters, and that's what sets great brands apart from just good brands. And so I'm excited to see where Varlo is going. I know it's, th this is just the tip of the iceberg. The future is bright. The future uh, is forward. Oh my God, is this some part? I feel like this is a part of some of your brand language. I was like, I go, hold on, where do you get this? <laughs> I know, it, but here's the deal. It just like, it rolled off of my head because I don't have a script in front of me. Yeah, I, It literally just rolled off. But I think I want to say it just confirms what I'm hearing and saying right now of where this brand is going. You haven't even seen the, you, you haven't even seen the magnitude of how you're going to shake up apparel in general. And yeah. swimming, cycling, triathlon is just the peak. Yeah, it's Football, I, I, like I really, yeah, yeah. I see, I, really, I see it. I really appreciate that. I think like um, I know like with um, with my partners and I when we're working, like we're so we're so like head down and just go 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 go, and it's like did this get done? Did this get done? And we're just everything is head down. That we rarely get to put our heads up and like look around and go, okay, what's ha happening? Um, and so when we do get to put our head up, and it's like, oh, like that happened or that happened it's 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 refreshing it's like uh it's the verification like the validation that you need because it's what helps you keep going it's what makes you go okay we'll keep trying or it's working right so uh it's definitely appreciated to hear oh for sure and so i want to segue even into because again like you said earlier and this is probably when we were just on talking before we started the interview but we, we are such a new company and we're growing so fast, but the fact that you tried something, you believed in a brand and you see how it's taken off so well, you've now added another component and that's a team. You have a team oh, yeah. of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to spend some time talking about this team because I think it's important for people to hear about why you have a team and why it's so important. Yeah. Um, you know, when we, when we started toss, we tossed around the idea of a team, like uh, when we first launched and we said, ah, we don't think we're ready yet. Cause you know, we don't want to just have a team and just say, okay, you know, here, here's a team and here's what it is. And you can get discounts and, you know, we're going to give you apparel. That was, that was like the basis of what any team is like, you know, or what any team does. It was kind of like, well, how can we go beyond that? What else can we do to make sure we're, we're giving value? Um, as the, as the brand, one of the big things that I, I put like so much emphasis on and I, I just make sure we're always hitting that button is like, are we giving value? Are we giving value? Is the cut, are, we, are we giving value? If we're not giving value, then what are we doing? Um, and so with our team, it was, what do we do? What can we present? What can we give to make sure that all athletes, they feel like they're part of a community, obviously they feel empowered, obviously. Um, 
they have a collective um, body, yes. But then what can we do to aid them in development? Um, because as athletes, we're always looking for development. I remember in track and field in the collegiate years, you were always constantly looking for how you develop, how do you get faster, how do you get wiser, how do you have better understanding of the sport? And then also on top of that, um, you know, how do you assure that the people to your left and right are always kind of like um, fostering that? So for us, it was you're not just having a, a team where everyone dressed alike and everyone, you know, got to take cool pictures and stuff like that. But, you know, we we incorporated um, an athlete development program where we have coaches that um, give, you know, um, training plans to our athletes. So we have a USAT uh, level two, level three coach, um, Reggie Waller, um, Justin Trollet, um, that are just top down gold standard educators in the space. Um, we have um, Vanessa Forrester, who um, uh, provides mental endurance clinics to our athletes, because so much of it is only so much as physical, the rest of it is what's going on here. And so that's also important. And in our space with triathlon, as I mentioned earlier, it's easy to get so wrapped up in the sport that you put all this pressure on yourself because you've been training for all these hours and you have this magical event that's coming up that you, you know, that you're looking forward to, but you want to make sure that this part is okay. So we've incorporated mental endurance clinics and, um, and also we have a team camp where at our team camp, um, it's more so not just for training to say, Hey, let's see who can get the most elevation and, you know, let's get down there and check our heart rate and see who has, you know, whatever it's that, that part is, is, um, exists, but also for like the social environment of like, um, collaborative, um, thinking, social engagement, growing and fostering together, because, you know, you gotta remember as the owner, I came into the sport and didn't know anything. I was the penny guy. So we have to make sure we have a team where that can be fostered, where those athletes, when they come on board, they're in a setting where it's okay to be the penny guy, no matter if you were a division one college, whatever, blah, 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 blah. It's okay to be at a, at a base. Right. So, um, I don't know. I think, I think it's working. I think, uh, again, give value. I think it's, uh, it's doing what it needs to do. And we're just really excited because the, the athletes that are a part of it, um, we're doing it for them. It's, it's, uh, what we do for them. And, it's uh, the ultimate reward to see to see some of the comments that we get. So, I love, but I also love the fact that you didn't forget where you started and how you want to incorporate that. And I think that's so important because sometimes we can lose the where, lose how, yep. and you haven't forgotten that, and you're incorporating that. And I think that is going to help to make your team successful because this is the first year that you've had a team of ambassadors, right? Yeah. So we, our first, first year we had an ambassador program and, um, that was, it was, you know, that program was uh, a program that was just, that was just, Hey, do you want to be a Varlo ambassador when we first started? Right. And, um, this is the first year that we've had like a proper team, like registered under USA triathlon. And we had the whole everything. Um, and I didn't even mention we have a, we have like a development part of our functionality where some, um, you know, 
because we, we do work this with, you know, some of our collaborative partners, because some of our athletes are developmental athletes. They are athletes who are, um, you know, they're, they're either new to the sport. They're, um, they are, they're athletes that are promising to the sport. And how do we make sure that those athletes are in the sport? They're, they're, they have access, they have the ability to compete. They have the ability to toe the line because um, we understand some of the barriers to the sport, but we also understand that the sport will get better. The sport will become more attractive. The sport will become more competitive. The sport will become more fruitful if we have more people into the sport because there's there's untapped potential that I still think the triathlon just has. It's still a young sport. Triathlon's like forty plus years old. I mean, that's my dad's older than that. <laughs> you know, so like I mean, I'm almost I'm almost that age, right? So there's there's so much to the sport that hasn't even been stones haven't even been turned yet. So yeah, absolutely. And and with that said. You mentioned development league, but I also know just by following Varlo's uh, story on Instagram and social media that you guys are also raising up some beginners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, um, you know, with with some of our athletes, it's it's bring on board athletes that are. Um, that are, you know, that are, they're still, they're, they're, they're in the early stages. Right. Um, and again, it's about making sure that we, cause I don't know, I, I, I believe it full, full fledged that, you know, oftentimes it's not that, you know, there's talent and of course there's talent because this person's talented, they've had opportunities, they can, they can do X, Y, Z, but then there's also opportunity in individuals who are new and that they need the opportunity. I mean, that's just, I, I don't know. That's, that's one of those things that gets me emotionally wrapped up because I understand that opportunity is everything. Um, you, I, whoever, it's all based on opportunity. Um, opportunity exists because people who are hungry, people who are looking or searching with opportunity, those individuals are limitless. So, um, for those athletes, yes, we will be here because the opportunity has to exist. Um, and I don't know. Again, that's I, I get like, like I, I can like, uh, you know, with that one, but big deal to me. So I opportunities are limitless when you're presented with that. And so with that, I would love to talk to these young ladies because I think it's important to hear their starting version and then when they finish. So we'll coordinate that offline. Yes, I know yes, that yes, that would be yes. great because, yep. you know, there are three young ladies uh, and the potential is there and you've provided yeah. them the opportunity. So absolutely. And, and they, they're, they're, um, they are, uh, they're an inspiration. They are, uh, you know, they are, um, they're kind of the spearheads of, of what's new, right? When you think of like the sport and you think of, you know, where the sport's going to be, you, you need people to start, you need people to kind of say, Hey, this is, you know, this is something that we're going to do because we all are only capable of doing what we can see. And so you need spearheaders, you need pioneers, you need people who can, who can kind of like lead the way. And then, um, you know, 
once you see that, you know, there's people like me that are going to go, yes, let me help you do that. Let me, let me be as resourceful as I can. And so, um, there, there are three athletes that are, um, based in Connecticut that are kind of starting something and, um, we'll definitely have to circle back and discuss more of them and see how their journey goes as, uh, with all that's coming. Well, I'm ready and I'm excited. And with that said, thank you, Saj, for being a pioneer. I like to brag on my guests. So thank you for being <laughs> a pioneer. Thank you for being a visionary and thank you for being inquisitive and wondering how can we have a different type of apparel company. I appreciate uh, the ingenuity of what you're doing and just wish you guys all the success. I mean, for crying out loud, you guys have been on the cover of Philadelphia Business Journal. That's major. And yeah. you've been voted as the best athletic apparel brand. And you guys are still in your infancy stage. So just imagine where the future holds. Yeah, it's there yeah. for you guys to grab it. So I'm so excited. So thank you again so much, Saj, for being with us. I know... Um, we're a little short on time and I have one more short segment. It's called rapid fire. We have okay. our guests go through rapid fire. So Boom, the first thing you think about is the answer. You don't have to think too hard. It's all there. Okay. All right. Go to workout. Uh, <laughs> go to workout. Um, rower. <laughs> okay. Audiobook, podcast, music, or silence when you train uh audio book okay favorite apparel brand varlow <laughs> did you have to think he was like man I'm <laughs> i wanted to throw you off on that one no. um where's your favorite place to bike uh uh philadelphia mlk um yeah philadelphia the mlk loop okay what's your favorite distance Half. No, excuse me. Uh, 70, uh, Olympic, Olympic. Olympic. Is yep. it half or is it the Olympic? It's definitely Olympic. It's definitely Olympic. I, like that, the, the speed, the speed side of me, like the speed guy is like all Olympic. Like. Okay. But then there's a more laid back side that likes the same point. Yeah. The laid back side is like, ah, oh, let's, let's take our time with it. So I'm going to say both because I feel like you were torn between that. So we were say <laughs> Olympic and we'll say the half distance. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Pee on the bike or take a proper pee break? Ah, uh, proper, proper pee break. I'm done. Ladies ah. and gentlemen, thank you. <laughs> 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 thank you guys so much for tuning in to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. Remember when you try, you always win. And Saj, we'll have to have you back on because I feel like there's more that we can uncover about <laughs> you and your Varlow sport. So thank you guys so much and have a beautiful day, everybody. I'm Ashonda and I'm out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.